G'day and welcome to the Sea Creatures Podcast, a show all about the amazing animals that live beneath the waves. Each episode we chat about a specific sea creature with a guest who has spent time and interacted with this ocean animal. Our guests range from marine biologists to divers to underwater photographers, citizen scientists and people that have intense passion for marine life. My name is Matt Testoni and I'm all of the above. And joining me for this episode of the Sea Creatures Podcast is Louise Knott and she is an environmental scientist and underwater photographer. And we're going to be talking all about the pineapple fish. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. No worries. So I first came across your name recently when I saw a really cool photo that you'd won a competition with. And it was of a pineapple fish. And I was like, people don't know what pineapple fish are. And I barely know much about them. I've seen them a few times. Yeah. And I thought, well, we have to get you on and talk to you about pineapple fish. So start us off with what is a pineapple fish? All right, so a pineapple fish is a very shy um, and elusive fish. It's a member of the family Monocentridae, and these family contain only four species of fish um, in the whole world. And luckily, there's one of them that's found around Sydney in some of the most common dive sites, one being Clifton Gardens, which is an iconic dive site in the middle of Sydney Harbour. The species that we have in the harbour is Cladopus gloriamaris, and it's actually monotypic, which means that it's the sole member of its genus. So I think that's pretty cool and pretty exciting. It's a really unique fish that a lot of people don't realize, like you said, actually exists. And it looks quite tropical, obviously resembles a pineapple. Um, As the name suggests, it's got a brightly yellow colored body. Its scale margins are outlined in black, which form a beautiful pattern similar to that of the pineapple. Those scales are actually very tough, and it actually has another common name other than the pineapple fish, which is the night fish. So it's, you know, quite a stark fish, especially when you're diving underwater and, you know, you put your torch on it and it just reflects back with these beautiful scales. And so they're about, they get up to almost 30 centimetres long and they kind of hang around in groups. And yeah, as you said, when you shine your light on them, because they're most active at night, it is quite a little bit of a shock because you're kind of diving along and it's a bit murky in Sydney Harbour and the different places you see them. And then all of a sudden there's this like yellow pineapple swimming past. Exactly. And one of the places that they really love to hang out is um, in little crevices and under ledges. So in particular, the one at Clifton Gardens, it's under this ledge. It's probably about a 20 centimetre gap above the seafloor. And it's always quite exciting when you shine your torch under there and you can just, you know, into the darkness, you just see this bright yellow um, reflection back at you. It's always a highlight of the dive is visiting um, the pineapple fish, which a lot of people around Sydney have named. There's a few names going around. And the most common one, I think, is Mr. Pineapple or Mr. Piney. Cannot confirm that it's actually a male. Unfortunately, they are very shy, so it is hard to actually, you know, have a really good, decent look at the fish. But they're always a highlight of the dives. Yeah. And so when did you see your like first pineapple fish? What makes you kind of lack them enough to go and take a, what is a specialty photo of them? Yeah. So I think the first time I saw one was probably two years or so ago. And I'd heard about the pineapple fish that was hanging around at Clifton Gardens. They tend to hang in the same location for quite some time. I went down and had a look and It's just, you know, they are very shy. Sometimes um, they're not always in that ledge. They'll be out, you know, um, hunting or feeding or I guess just visiting the sites around um, around its habitat. I think just being able to visit the dive sites so regularly and having that interaction where you can, you know, just pop in and see if they're home. It does create a bit of a connection between you and that fish. And 
the image that you're talking about in particular is something a lot of people, you know, try and photograph this fish having the same kind of images where you've got the black background because it's underneath this ledge, you've got the high contrast with the yellow of its scales. And I just thought that the pattern was quite interesting and I wanted to do something quite different. So I guess being able to be at that dive site numerous times and visiting the same fish, you kind of start to, you know, have a bit of a creative think about different images that you can make and like trying to do something different with the repetitive pattern of the fish was quite exciting to have a little bit of a swirl around it, softer edges in contrast to the actual scales. Yeah, and it's a fantastic image. And I'll make sure I post a link in the notes of the podcast. But if anyone hasn't seen it, it's this, so the pineapple fish is this yellow and black, as you described, but you've done this amazing kind of swirl, kind of, which really just, it just highlights everything cool about the fish. And so you mentioned like they kind of live under these crevices and like little caves and stuff, but what do pineapple fish eat? So pineapple fish, there's quite a unique um, way. I guess a lot of other species do this as well, like the anglers and things like that. They tend to feed on small prey, such as shrimp or zooplankton. And what they actually do is when they're feeding at night, they have these light organs that are right next to their mouth. So they're on either side of their lower jaw. And what they do is they've got a symbiotic bioluminescent bacteria within those organs that produce a greenish glow. So at night, um, you know, it's quite dark and you've just got this little bit of a glow that the um, prey is attracted to. Um, So they actually use that to feed. Um, During the day, that light organ appears an orange or a red colour. And it's always quite exciting to see that little light of colour in the amongst the big pattern of the pineapple fish. Yeah, so... And that's such a good parallel to draw because everyone thinks of the deep sea anglerfish and they have this kind of like fishing rod with this glowy bacteria, but pineapple fish actually have it in their cheeks. It seems a lot easier to hunt prey if your bioluminescence is pretty much in your mouth. Have you actually seen them like going around with their bioluminescence? Can you see it at night or is it not strong enough? You, you can definitely see it. I mean, it's not the strongest light in the ocean. Um, and obviously, when you're doing a night dive, your torch will outshine a lot of that. But when you do turn your torch off, let your eyes adjust and just sit there and, you know, and watch, you can see a very faint glow. And what the pineapple fish tends to do as well is it tends to do a repetitive lap and it kind of swims around quite slowly in its little um, loop so that the light is moving around and creates obviously that interest for the shrimp and, and plankton to get attracted to. Wow. So there's only, there's only one usually at Clifton Gardens. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, yes. Yeah, there are other dive sites um, around the New South Wales coastline um, that I know of that do have pineapple fish. And again, they tend to be in little bays or estuaries, not usually out in the open ocean. So sites like some of the dive sites at Port Stephens um, in Nelson Bay. We've also got Shiprock, which is in Port Hacking, Clifton Gardens, as I mentioned. And it's actually quite interesting. The species has been recorded along the coasts of southern Queensland through to New South Wales actually skips the coastline of um, Victoria and South Australia and then is found again on the other side in Western Australia. So, I mean, maybe you get out into some new dive sites and try and record the first sighting of the pineapple fish down south. (laughs) Yeah. I I wonder why that is. I do know that in Sydney, I used to see a lot of bioluminescence and that kind of bacteria in the water, which I haven't seen in Melbourne. So I wonder if it's... 
unable to get its like unique light and hunting mechanism or something like that. Yeah, I found that quite an interesting fact when um, I was doing a little bit of research on it. It's just, it seems like you would have the perfect conditions on the southern coast as well. Like there are some bays and estuaries and, but maybe it is a combination of, you know, the food sources and the bacteria that it needs in order to sustain itself. Something to look yeah. into maybe. Yeah, and, and potentially the temperature, which unfortunately with climate change means that the species from New South Wales end up migrating down. But yeah, you never know. Maybe I will spot a uh, pineapple fish down there one day. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> if people want to see them, you've mentioned like, like kind of um, crevices and caves, but what's the best way? And like, what would you do if you went to a brand new dive site and you wanted to find a pineapple fish? So I'd probably take my time. I like to take my time exploring dive sites. Other people, I guess, like to cover as much distance as they can, try and look for the bigger things. But I really find a lot of excitement and joy in looking for the smaller things. So I guess one of the key things when looking for the pineapple fish would just be to take your time in all the little nooks and crannies. Um, they have quite recently as well on that been found at Bear Island, which is another dive site around Sydney. They typically take residents a site for a while um, so you'll have repetitive sightings so it's always good for people to have a look at the dive reports of different dive sites as well so you can actually have a look at what is being discovered at those sites go and have a look for yourself and you know the key is to just go back and spend time and have a look and you'll always be rewarded if it's not a pineapple fish you'll find something else <laughs> so you find your pineapple fish kind of you know i mean anywhere from like two to meters to like i think they go down to almost like 250 meters which is crazy yeah. but what would you do to photograph them or what are some of your photographic tips to get a good pineapple fish photo yeah, so I guess one of the things is photographic skills aside, you need to have good buoyancy. A lot of these ones, um, especially at Clifton Gardens, for example, tend to be in this kind of muckier environments. So you need to make sure that you're not disrupting the, the seabed. That will also cause a lot of havoc in your photographs. As you can imagine, you'll get a lot of backscatter. You also have to make sure, I guess, that you're comfortable getting into those nooks and crannies and uh, setting up your lighting as well to be able to you know, capture that um, that scene. Uh, it is usually quite difficult when you do have the obstructions. You've got these little tight spaces, so you need to make sure that you set up your lighting really well, whether it be a video light or you've got your strobes. A lot of people tend to use compact cameras, which are a really good tip for these type of environments. But obviously having a, a good macro lens or a good camera where you can get into those areas and patience. This pineapple fish in particular at Clifton Gardens and a lot of them in general are quite shy. Um, so they tend to kind of turn away from you or they'll kind of do it, do these laps. And if you just watch their behavior and take some time, then you can usually snap a good shot. Yeah. Do you think the pineapple fish kind of recognizes you after a while? I'd like to think so. <laughs> like to know that when, you know, you've got a schedule and you go diving on certain days and at certain times and, you know, I'd like to think that um, Mr. Pineapple will be home obviously wild environment and they've got their minds of their own but uh, their own but they're definitely very comfortable with divers a lot of the divers obviously very respectful as well of these creatures and you know got to have a positive relationship and you will get those great experiences from them yeah I wonder if like you just mentioned video lights and I'm often like not a big fan of taking photos of video lights because you don't want to damage the animal's eyes but I do know that some animals that eat the kind of prey that pineapple fish do they do yep. love a good video light. Have you ever seen them kind of eating off your light? 
yeah, definitely at Clifton Gardens again and a lot, some of the other dive sites around Sydney, you know, you tend to get a shrimp cloud and you just get this cloud, even if it's on your dive torch or your video light or even with your strobes. And you just, at the moment in Sydney, it's particularly problematic when you're trying to take photos, but it is also quite interesting. You know, you get the little anglerfish that we get and, you know, you'll shine a light on them or near them and you'll just see this cloud of shrimp and they'll just start actively feeding on them. And they're, you know, so resourceful and they'll start using that light to make their lives a lot easier, essentially. Yeah, I wonder if it, like, because I know some animals in Sydney Harbour and that area especially get so used to divers that they know they can get a bit of a free feed. And I wonder if you started going at night a lot with certain anglerfish or even certain pineapple fish, if they would see the light from far away and come over to you. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't actually... um spent a lot of time at night down at the pineapple fish I've sometimes gone down there and you know gone to observe it a lot of the time though I get caught up with everything else I find on the way to the onto the pineapple fish's little home it's kind of located at the end of the pier at Clifton Gardens it's a very small dive site but there is just so much action going on that you know I tend to get distracted by everything else on the way to on the way to his home to go and visit him <laughs> and on that though I have heard recent reports that he hasn't been sighted in a while. So I'll have to go down and and try and see if I can find my little friend. Hopefully he's still there. I'm just really curious. What are some of the other cool animals that live like that are or her neighbors? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of action at that dive site. There's um, it's quite interesting for, you know, Sydney Harbour. You wouldn't expect most people when you tell them about Sydney Harbour, they just definitely wouldn't have these amazing sea creatures in mind. And it is always so exciting to bring the attention um, and the awareness of the beautiful marine life that's living in the harbour. We've got the resident seahorses on the nets, which Maddie Smith made quite famous with some of his photography. There's also been some seahorse hotels, which have been installed quite recently. So they're these little kind of frames that are sitting on the sand and they're providing homes to these little seahorses. So they're probably one of the most iconic species that are at this dive site. There's always also a whole range of nudibranchs, new species being discovered actually quite recently by some really keen divers that are really into their super macro. They've had a little show on the sheep, which has been one of the highlights recently that's been found at that site. There's quite a few anglerfish. We've got the moray eels, you know, tens of octopus. There's so many of them. I mean, I could, you know, talk on and on and on um, different crab species. There's a whole range of things in this tiny little dive site just next to Taronga Zoo. Yeah, and I've been there before, and you're right. It's just totally overwhelming. I remember just watching a, I think it was a Blenny, just popping in and out of a dead urchin for, for you know, the entire dive. I was just transfixed by it. So if you spend so, that much time down there, it must be amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's actually quite interesting to think because there's a lot of people that fish as well. Um, it's a really popular recreational fishing site. A lot of people go down for the weekend with their families. And you know, it's often thought, would there be that many, that much marine life there without the food source from the fishermen? Obviously, it, is, it can be quite damaging in terms of discarded lines and rubbish and things like that. But is it the fishing that does make it quite a unique and incredible dive site? It's quite an interesting question. Yeah, and that's that's a really fascinating point. And I mean, I know whenever I'm at a pier or something, sometimes I get a bit frustrated by you know, all the marine t- like kind of tangle and the junk from fishing. But I think after you have to remember too that a pier is an artificial structure anyway. Yep. And so it, it's not native to the, you know, the fish that live there and the animals that live there. So, yeah, the fishing, it, it's 
kind of like a little aquarium in a way. It brings in random species from around the place. Yeah, it does. And all the little bits of food source. And yeah, I'd always just wonder whether or not the dive site would be as vibrant and as energetic, I guess, as it is about the, the fishing activities that go on. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of our pineapple fish episode. Thank you very much for being on the show. And if anyone wants to see one, the amazing photo that won, but all your kind of photography work, where should they go and what should they do? Yeah, so if you head to my Instagram page, which is louisenot underscore underwater, you'll be able to have a look at my images of the pineapple fish and the winning photo that Matt just mentioned is also featured on my page. Cool, yeah. Well, I think everyone should check it out. And thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sea Creatures Podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Matt Testoni. If you've liked the show, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend about the podcast, visit the podcast Instagram, Creatures underscore podcast, and maybe even our Patreon account where you can help out the small donation. If you've noticed over the last two or three months, there's only been one episode per month, it's because I'm actually on a bit of a traveling holiday slash traveling work expedition so once that finishes in july we'll be back to our weekly or fortnightly episodes production assistance by george mcgrath and music by dan musel and he's just outstandingly good slide guitar next time we're going to be talking to danny lee all about the southern right whale which is actually one of my favorite interviews yet so don't forget to keep an eye out for that this has been the secret just podcast over and out. <laughs>